0: Grab that seat, tap the band, we'll be back a little bit later. Uh, if you were into the Royal Wedding, well, that was a big deal last night. If you're a guy, maybe you've been that way, if you've ever been in the friend zone and you've been there long enough, uh, you start to think to yourself after a while maybe I have to change what I'm doing to get out of the friend zone. And maybe I have to change the way I'm going about this to get out of the friend zone. In fact, I kind of had this belief all the way through until I was dating my wife. Uh, in fact, one of the first couple here, like years ago, uh, or a couple of years ago, so if you've heard this before, I'm sorry. If you haven't, it's new for you. Um, don't judge me off it, I promise it gets better from there. But we were driving along, in my mind, I was like, okay, like, you know, I've got to try and impress this girl. I've got to show her that I am someone like, worth dating. So I've driving along, and uh, like our second date or something, and I forget, even forget where we were going, but I just remember driving. And at the time, I was living in America, and I was playing soccer in America, I remember MRI. I was like, this is Google me. I looked at her upstairs, I was like, why don't you Google me, babe? Literally, like, that is the most douchey thing I think anyone could ever say to a girl. Why don't you Google me? Um, and just in case you're wondering, like, well, what will happen if I Google it? You'll find nothing, okay? I'm like, not interesting, I'm not important, you won't find anything if you Google me. And I, years later, or a couple of years later, we've been married for like really four years, I said to and I was like, why did you even go on a second day, day after that with me? She's like, well, I kind of thought that, like, I kind of knew that there was more below the surface than that. Because really all I was doing, as incredibly douchey as that was, as incredibly, yeah, toolish as that statement was, really all it was, was an attempt to impress. It was just simply an attempt, because it didn't work, obviously, it was an attempt to impress. I was like, surely, if I can mean, just get this girl's attention, then I will impress her and make her think I'm good. Cool. Uh, if you're new, if you're new for the first time, uh, as I said, my name is Chris and uh, we're wrapping up a three-part series that we've been doing here at Beyond called Eat, Sleep, Blank, Repeat. And all throughout this series, we've been talking about, you know, what, what is it and what does it mean to follow Jesus? Because so many of us in, all in our life, we have these blank spaces. If someone doesn't rock after for that coffee date your co-workers in a bad mood, your boyfriend or your girlfriend's acting kind of funny, your friend sent you that like, funky text message, you're like, what's up, them? And we insert something in the blank space. We, we, we insert a reason for why they acted that way, or why they said that way, or why they went about that. And the same thing is true when it comes to following Jesus. And so this entire series has been all about talking about and unpacking, you know, what does it mean to follow Jesus? What do we put in the blank space? Spaces there, and if you want, you can jump onto our SoundCloud or iTunes, and you can check out part one and two. But really, really, part one and two can be summarised in one word, and that word is relationship. Because we said when it comes to following Jesus, what actually goes into the blank spaces of following Jesus is simply a relationship. And tonight we're going to kind of wrap this series up, talking around this idea of relationships. And in case you have to go earlier, in case I say something offensive. I want to put up in big neon lights what the big idea is for, t- for uh, tonight's conversation so you don't get lost. And the big idea for tonight's conversation is simply this, <clears throat> that a dishonest approach, of, you can never have an honest relationship rather than a dishonest approach. You can never have an honest relationship with someone if you have a dishonest approach. And you know this in your own life. Because chances are, there are times in your life when you've done things, you've said things and and as you were about to do it, or as you were about to say, you were saying to yourself, like, this is not a good idea, you should not text him back, you should not text her back, you should wait to calm down before you respond, but you're like, nah, whatever, and you did it anyway. And and that caused some tension because that was not dishonest as if you were trying to hide something, but it wasn't honest to who you are. It wasn't honest to the way you normally handle things. And so now we're going to talk about how how this works out and how this can play out with this idea that you can never have an honest relationship with a dishonest approach. And when it comes to relationships in general, one of the big things that prevents us from having an honest relationship is this thing, walls. We all have walls in our life because whether you realise it or not, we all have walls that we build up. So when you walk up to someone for the very first time, you don't really know anything about them, maybe other than their name. Or maybe you stalk them on Instagram. And so, so there are walls that separate you and them. You don't know what kind of music they like. You don't know what kind of friendship groups they hang out with. You don't know what their interests are. You don't know whether they share the same political views, the same religious views, or whether they share the same values as you. And so there is a wall that is built up between us and other people. And in case you think that's a negative thing, you're like, oh, I, I don't really like this whole idea of walls. Really, all a wall is is the level of access that we grant other people. And you, you could agree with that. But right? we all have walls in our life because, because you uh, interact with your teachers at school or at university or your bosses at work. They have a different level of access to you than maybe your family or your friends. Instagram followers, although some of you probably give your Instagram followers too much access to you, your Instagram followers hopefully have a different level of access to maybe your boyfriend, your girlfriend, or your partner. Because walls are the level of access that we give other people, and the more and more you get to know someone, the more and more you begin to break these walls down. Because the next, the less walls we have, the greater the connection. The less walls that stand between us and someone else, the greater the connection we have. If we journey through life with someone, and over time we share experiences, we share our hopes with them, we share our dreams with them, we begin to share some of the tensions in our life, we begin to share some of the things that, that we're afraid of, maybe. We begin to break these walls down. And your best friends are your best friends because there are less walls that separate you and them. The problem comes when oftentimes when we, maybe like me, we try to impress other people. In other words, we have this idea in our mind of what someone else wants of us, the way that someone else perceives us, the way that someone else sees us, and so we act in a way to try and impress them. And our intentions are good, right? Because the reason we do this is just simply to connect. We want to connect with this other person. But the problem that ends up happening is that in an attempt to connect, we end up becoming more and more disconnected. Maybe there was a time in your life where there was part of your past that you really, really wanted to share with your partner. And you knew that you needed to share that part of your past with your partner, but you were worried about what they think about it. You were worried about what would happen if you told them. And and so what happened was you decided to hold on to it. Although you knew, I I really got to get this out, I really need to share this with them in order for us to connect on a deeper level, in order for us to move on, but I'm afraid of what they'll think. I'm afraid of the image that they'll have of me. And so you held on to that, but then what ended up happening was you began to feel Because you weren't actually drawing closer to them, you were drawing further and further away and you felt that separation. Maybe for some of you it was at work, and there was a difficult conversation that you had to have with a co-worker. Or there was a difficult conversation that you had to have with a friend. And it wasn't a conversation that you wanted to have, but it was a conversation that you needed to have. And you kind of put it off for a while, you're like no I don't want to cause a scene, I don't want to make this a big deal, I'm just going to let it lie. But the more and more you let it lie, in an attempt to connect, what ended up happening was that you became more and more disconnected. And in this attempt to connect, you actually began to build a wall between you and the other person. And just like we do this in our lives, We can also do this when it comes to God. And what we're going to talk about tonight is really the simplest, easiest, most effective way to break down this disconnection or this wall that can seem to stand between us and God. And so the thing we're going to look at tonight is this word, prayer. Because prayer is really just this church word, this Christian talk for communicating with God connecting with God. And maybe for some of you, 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 maybe you've grown up in church your entire life. And so you knew that I was supposed to read my life and pray. And so what happened was that you prayed, and then you prayed more, and then you prayed more. And it wasn't working for you. And you looked and you had an idea and you thought you know, well i've seen everyone else do it this way so this must be the way i do it right but the problem was the more and more that you pray the more disconnected you began to feel and so over time you stopped praying because you figured well if i can't connect with god and i'm talking to him what's the problem? and maybe some of you the reason that you haven't connected with god is because you're like well i've always been interested in this prayer thing but it, it just seems like a thing for church people, or it seems like you've got to get it right, or it seems like there's a code or a format, and I've what a lot the code, and I don't want to get it wrong, so I don't want to get God mad at me. And so tonight, this is the very thing we're going to talk about. Because this is not an issue that is just an issue with us. This is a tension that the very first followers of Jesus felt. In. The thing is, the very first followers of Jesus, because they had access to Jesus, i were hanging out with him all the time. What they actually saw was that Jesus loved praying. Jesus, in fact, when they would be sitting down relaxing, unwinding after, after a long day, they'd, they'd flick on Netflix, they'd go to watch the latest series of Stranger Things, or the new season of 13 Reasons Why, they'd be like, Hey, wait, Jesus, what do you want to watch? Because guys just don't like to admit when they're wrong. So, and this person, let's, let's say, it was a girl. Um, Somebody said, "Hey, Jesus, can you can you just teach us about this prayer? Thing? Because you seem to be good at it, and it seems to be a challenge for us. The more and more we do it, the more disconnected we feel. But the more you do it, it seems like it connects you to God in a way that we just don't get. And so, Jesus begins to teach about prayer." But Jesus being this, like, master teacher that he was, he doesn't get up and go, right, open up your notebooks, take your pens, this is what you need to do. Jesus actually flips it and he goes, hey, there's a couple of things, as we're going to talk about this, there's a couple of things you need to know before we get into it. There's a couple of things that prayer is not, and there's a couple of things not to do in prayer. In fact, I've kind of labelled them like Jesus' prayer tips. Because Jesus has these kind of prayer tips before we get in. He goes, okay, so before you even get off the bike, there's two things you need to know. The first one is don't pray to impress. Because there was a whole bunch of religious leaders at that time and they would actually go and stand out on street corners and they would pray. And they would pray in such a way to impress other people. And God was saying this to his followers, he goes, hey, when you sit down to have coffee with someone, when you sit down to have a beer with someone, When you sit down and have a dinner with someone, whoever that is, do you really, honestly care about what anyone else in the restaurant is talking about? Do you really, honestly care what anyone else in the cafe is talking about? Because if you really want to connect with the person who's sitting across from you, you don't care what everyone else is saying in their conversations. Because you're not trying to impress anyone else, you're trying to connect with the person across the table. And so Jesus goes, don't try to impress the whole point is to connect. Then the other thing he says is, don't think there's a script. Don't think, because there was uh, religious leaders that taught, hey, unless you say the right thing the right way at the right time, holding your tongue in the right position with the wind blowing the right way, God won't hear you. And God won't listen to you unless you get it perfectly. And Jesus said, that's not the case. In fact, like, think about it in your own life. How many times, do you go and call up a friend and say, let's grab a cup of coffee. And then you, you go and you sit down and you go, okay. And you just plug up the phone. Hi, it's really nice to meet you. I'm glad that we've joined here today and sharing this cup of coffee. How many times do you do that? You don't, because I don't read right? And so Jesus goes, don't praise if there's a, a script? Because his whole idea is that you have a relationship with God. You're not trying to impress him. You're not trying to read off the script. And then he's just kind of shattered this mold, this idea that people have built up in their minds about what prayer is. He goes, Let me now teach you how to pray. And he starts off and he goes, Pray like this. In other words, this is not a formula, this is an idea, this is an approach, this is a model that you can adapt, that you can use, that you can put into your setting. He goes, Pray like this. And he starts out this way He says, Our Father in heaven. And Jesus. Uh, in case you didn't know, Jesus actually didn't speak English. Jesus spoke Greek or Aramaic. And the Aramaic word for father actually sounds a lot like day. Because that Aramaic word is Abba. And that Abba, not the 70s band, but this Aramaic word Abba sounds a lot like day. Which what Jesus is saying is hey, don't address God as if He's some distant, far-off, cosmic being who's sitting on his throne judging you. Talk to God the way you talk to someone who's sitting across the table from you. Talk to God the way you talk to someone you have a genuine relationship with. And then he goes on, he goes, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. In other words, he's saying, hey, when you talk to this God who you have a personal relationship with, the first thing to recognise is that you, you and I don't always get it right. And we don't get it right in relationships. So we need to acknowledge that and say, God, you know, there are times when the way that I live detracts and pushes people away from you. And God, when we're talking, I, I, I want you to know that I don't want that to be the case. I actually want my life to be lived in such a way that my life is not a barrier for people knowing you. That my life actually points people to you. And that makes sense if we have a relationship with someone, and we value that relationship, that we don't want to cause other people to be disconnected or pushed away. We actually want people to be drawn to that person. So then Jesus goes on, "Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy, may your kingdom come soon, may your will be done. And this is, for me personally, the most difficult part of praying. The most difficult... Part out talking to God. Because, because when I talk to God, I like to tell God that my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I've got some things on my mind, I've got some things on my chest, so let me tell you how it's going to be. Let me tell you, God, what you're going to do for me. And Jesus goes, no, don't take that approach Because this is a relationship. And if you're praying to the God who created the universe, if you're praying to the God who stepped in a history for you, he wants to know you, then maybe He has your best interests at heart. Maybe, maybe God actually cares for you and loves you and actually wants what is best for you. Because I but there are times in my life where I was like thinking to myself, this is the best decision for me right now. And then three months down the track I was like, why did I want to do that? That was such a dumb decision. That was, that was so why do you I listen to the advice? And what, what Jesus is saying here is hey, when you ask God to reorder your priorities so that they reflect his priorities, you win. It benefits you. Because you protect yourself from harm and regret. And you actually set yourself up to end up where you want to be anyway. And then he continues this way. He says, give us today. The food we need. Now, this is not just this kind of like a hungry. I need to eat. No. What you need to say is, hey, what, what, what's on your mind right now? Is there something on your mind right now? Is there something on your heart that you want to share right now? And he goes, if you've got a big exam this day, pray for it. If you've got a difficult conversation, you need to step into at work, pray about it. If you need that first morning cup of coffee, pray for it. <laughs> Pray to God to give you what you need for the day that's ahead. If you know that you're back to back to back with meetings and that's going to drain you, pray to God to give you the energy to get through. If you know you've got an assignment that's due at midnight, you've put it off the last three weeks, pray to God that he will give you the energy to somehow just knock it out of the park like you always do. Pray for what you need today. And then he kind of finishes this way: he says, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. If you're a of Jesus, it's super important to get. Because usually what, what we, the way we interpret that is, God forgive me and I'll get to hold a grudge. God forgive me and I'm just going to uh, kind of hold on to my forgiveness. But what Jesus says, when you're talking to God, pray in such a way that you acknowledge. You say, hey God, you know what? I missed the mark. I missed the mark in my relationship with you. I'm sorry. Jesus says, the truth is, that we miss the mark in our relationships with others all the time. And God doesn't love you more than he loves everyone else. God loves humanity the same. In fact, Jesus died not for Christians, but for everyone. And so God says, if you are holding a brudge against someone that I care about, how can we have an honest relationship? Because I care about them just as much as I care about you. And so if you want us to have the best relationship possible, you need to forgive them. Move on. Put that grudge that you're holding in the past. Just as I have forgiven you. Because really what Jesus is, is saying is that prayer is not a place to be perfect. Prayer is a place to be perfect. Prayer is not a place to come to God and pretend like you've got it all together. Prayer is a place to come to God and be like, you know what? I've got some things on my mind. I've got some priorities that are out of whack. I've got some people that I'm holding in right against. God, I need your help. God, I've got some hopes and some dreams and I want to bring them before you too. And I've got some regrets. and I've got some hurts and I want to bring them before you too. Prayer is not a place to try and impress God. It's simply a place to be honest and this is revolutionary. This was absolutely revolutionary because in that culture, in that day and age, you had to actually go to a physical temple at a certain time, at a certain day, and only if you met certain requirements could you go and worship God. And what Jesus was saying is, no, no, no. You can connect with God anytime, anywhere, anyhow you want. And all of Jesus' followers would have been sitting there absolutely stunned. What like the creator of the universe, we can connect with everyone. He's just like, yeah. He actually wants to know what's going on. And so this week, we have this thing, beyond the called Four Monday. And it's really the application point of everything we've been talking about. Because there's no point listing your this stuff if it doesn't move you or help your life get better. And so this week's Four Monday is simply this, just pray what is on your heart. Talk to God about what is on your heart. Just for five minutes every day. If you want to be an overachiever, you can get 10 minutes. But just for five minutes every day, pray what's on your heart. And what that means is if you wake up, if you want to do it in the morning, I'd suggest doing it in the morning before you start your day. If you want to do it at the end of your day and reflect on the day, that's cool too. You can get like an A double plus if you do it in the morning and night as well. But just pray with your heart. So in other words, if you wake up and you're like, God, please just help me not have any road rage before I get the option. God, I'm so tired. God, I'm still thinking about that conversation I had last night. I'm still thinking about the amount of emails that I've, that I've got to address when I get into the office today. I'm still thinking about that proposal, I'm still thinking about that song. Just pray to God exactly what is on your heart. God, I'm feeling tired. God, I'm feeling anxious. God, I'm not even sure how I'm going to make it to volunteer today. you help? Pray what's on your heart. And if that sounds like, wow, he's just... That's almost like too simple. Because it is. Because when you begin to pray for what's on your heart, you're not actually trying to impress God. You're trying to connect with God. In fact, so many Christians go through life, and what happens is their prayer life dies because they pray for good things that they just don't care about. They pray for the things that they think they're supposed to pray about. I'm supposed to pray for world peace. I'm supposed to pray for all the churches. I'm supposed to pray for all the people that are less fortunate than me. Are those good things to pray for? Sure. But here's the thing, if you don't care about it, don't pray about it. If you're, if you're just kind of like, I think I should care about it, but honestly, honestly, I don't really care. Who are you trying to impress? Because no one else can hear your prayers. And God says, I just want to know what you do I don't want to know what you think should be there. Because when you do that, all you do is build up a wall that separates you from God. And all throughout this series, what we've been saying is, in the blank space of following Jesus is a relationship. And if you want to connect with a God who stepped into history to know you, it is as simple as just praying what's on your heart. Because as you begin to do that, over time, a really... Happens. and God begins to expand what is on your heart, because the more and more you connect with God, the more and more you get to know God, and the more and more you get to know God, the more and more you get to know God gets to know not just what's on your heart, but you get to know what is on God's heart. And when you know, you know that your friends, that you, you, you care about the things that they care about. And you didn't care about them before you got to know them. But now that you know them, you care about those things. And all of a sudden, you prayer life over time. You begin to pray. You begin to talk to God about things that you never even thought that you would pray about. Because God begins to break your heart for the things that break His. So this week, just take those couple of minutes of praying on your heart. Begin to take the first pieces of that wall out. Stop being dishonest. I mean dishonest, not in like a sly where I'm trying to hide something way. But just stop trying to impress God. Stop trying to say this scripture. Stop trying to uh, pray the way that you think your parents want you to pray. Not that you think that guy at church sometimes told you to pray. And just pray with God what's on your heart. Because as you do that, I guarantee that what will happen is you will begin to break that wall down. And that disconnection will all of a sudden be its connection. And as you take that wall down piece by piece by piece by piece, what will discover from the other side is And what he will say to you is, I'm glad the real news won't show up. Because I don't want to know the fake news. And that's incredible news, because what it means is that God actually cares about what's on your heart. Because if God cares for you, then God cares about what is on your heart and what's on your heart matters. So this week is that simple. You don't have to say any words. You don't have to try and press words. You just have to simply pray about what is on your heart and be and look. Heavenly Father, there can be so many things that we put in the blank spaces when it comes to following you. Particularly when it comes to prayer and connecting with you, there can be so many ways we think we should do it, or we have to do it, or we saw someone else do it. The truth is, the truth is look, what is a relationship us. No version of us that's trying to be something we're not, but the real version of ourselves, the version that you created, and the version that of oh, us, the us that you know so well. So Lord, I pray tonight that for just 35 minutes this week, five minutes a day, that we will begin, people in this room, the people listening online, begin to pray what is on ours. And I pray that even if there are some people here like, oh, really sure about this whole thing, I'm not really sure if God exists, that, that what if you got some do? Because if God does exist, you gain everything. But if God doesn't exist, you just wait to do this. You're going to do it on Instagram. And so, Lord, I just pray that this week will be an opportunity for people to break down those walls and that they will begin to connect with a God who doesn't want a version better than in the, the, day, the genuine, authentic, flaws and moral version that you created and you love, and you stepped into the world to have a relationship. So we pray this in your son's name. Amen.